Welcome to the Splitting Hairs Podcast, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. In this episode, the A-Team recaps the UC Davis game and previews the Butler game. Splitting Hairs Podcasts are presented by Drake's Place and Cottonwood Coffee, and also sponsored by Shenanigans Pub. Here's your hosts, Dallas, Kyle, and Matt. And welcome back to the Splitting Hairs Podcast, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Matt and Kyle with you tonight. Dallas may or may not be here eventually. Uh, we're creeping up on Halloween, uh, Dallas's busy season. So uh, who knows if we'll see him tonight or not. Um, Kyle, how the heck are you, man? Uh, a little sluggish, a lot like the offense. Um, but, you know, I think <laughs> we're going to power through and we're going to finish with a W on a Sunday. So, you know, hey, good to be with go. you. Good. Any any storms we need to know about or anything None. like that that we need to be prepared for as we go None. along tonight? Nope, and I got my cough button, so if I need to, you never know here in Texas, it can change on a dime. So okay, um, well, good. I'll mute, I'll mute her up. Good, good. Okay, um, first we need to talk about Drake's place and Cottonwood Coffee. Um, you know, I ran into some folks at the game. Uh, they they wanted to tell me that they went to Cottonwood uh, before tailgating, uh, which I think is pretty cool. They said they uh, got some coffee and uh, got some. Uh, What'd they say? Uh, shoot, some of the baked items from, mm. from the counter there. Uh, some scones, cheapers. Words are hard right now. Uh, some scones said they were delicious, said they could taste how fresh they were, uh, and really loved that. Um, I don't, like, I have been looking at my local Walmart Walmarts here in, in Minnesota just to see if we're one of the destinations that Cottonwood has ended up on the shelves. So far, no luck, uh, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm excited for that. Uh, and if you don't live near one of the Walmarts or in Brookings, they can ship it to you. So that's pretty cool as well. Um, so thank you, Cottonwood, for your sponsorship. Just excited about everything you have going on for you right now. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, next up, Drake's Place. Just want to say thank you again to Drake's uh, for, for their continued support. Uh, if you find yourself in Bottle, South Dakota, for whether it's hunting or on your way to the river for fishing or just um, just going to bottle for the heck of it. Stop by Drake's place, uh, fill up, fill up your vehicle on gas, uh, get something for the road, and then also make some time to, you know, order something from the restaurant, sit down, eat it. Uh, the food looks incredible. So thanks again to Drake's place and Cottonwood coffee for being our premier sponsors. And with that, um, let's get into the game from last night. Um, as I noted in my rants and raves column, uh, this was the game that, that I provided the food for my tailgating spot. So my wife and kids, all three of them, and came to the game. And so for the first quarter and a half, my observations uh, limited, as you can imagine, having a two-year-old squirming around. Uh, so, you know, did the best I could to mentally note things. Uh, but really, I was trying to be present with my kids as well and just enjoying the moment with them. So uh, forgive me if I did forgive miss something uh glaring whether it was in the rants and raves or as we just talk here tonight so uh with that said kyle initial impressions yeah first and foremost i thought the atmosphere looked really good student section was packed uh in the south end zone and in jumping um it was great looked looked very odd to see snapshots of alcohol being sold at the game so that uh, was a new, a little adjustment, having to to adapt to seeing those sights uh, and sounds. But it looked like everybody was having a good time, being as responsible as one could be on home opening Saturday of Jackrabbit football. So um, that was all exciting. And then the defense showed up, 
you know, uh, it definitely traveled back home from Iowa City, which is good, albeit banged up. I know we'll get into that. But yeah, all in all, came out with a W. Um, but it's it's also good when W's feel like a loss because you still got the the one in the win column. And uh, mm-hmm. then you can always adjust and, and kind of evolve and grow from there. So looking forward to uh, to honestly flushing this, though, after this conversation. Yeah, no, it, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm so grateful we have a guy like Coach Stig as our coach, and and we're both on record as being Coach Stig guys. Uh, we're not going to apologize for that. I think he's you know elevated this program to tremendous heights, um, and so he had uh, I forget whether it was Tom Neiman on the actual TV broadcast or the radio broadcast with Tyler, just talking about how good it is to get a win of this caliber against UC Davis, who is going to end up ranked by the end of the season. I have no doubt about that. And, and have so many teachable moments for the players to learn from. Like how often can you, you know, get the win, feel good about it, but then also realize there is so much to improve upon and so many um, glaring things that need to be improved. I think are so many evident things that need to be improved. Uh, so I, I'm just excited, you know, that I'm not excited. I'm thankful we have a coach with that type of understanding of the bigger picture. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's really not anything he hasn't seen. Um, and hearing him in the postgame presser, he has a lot of perspective mm-hmm. Got his granddaughter up there with him. Yep. And he was just very level headed, uh, a lot more positive than I've ever seen him be. I mean, I think he's just got uh, he's had a different life phase and, and knowing internally the status of a lot of our top talent that was out roughly nine guys missing that are key contributors or starters across both sides of the ball. And you, you really dominate the game. Obviously we had some yips mm-hmm. primarily on one in one phase of the game. That's, that's saying something right there. So um, he should be happy. He should, uh, he should be um, a little bit optimistic moving forward because guys will return to the lineup um, steadily. And then we'll see what happens because, um, you know, it's week two. It's overreaction Sunday. Everybody thinks they know who's going to win a natty today. Everyone thinks they know what the best conference is. Everyone thinks they know who's going to be putting up the most stats. But the reality is we're still in non-conference play. Got to pump the brakes and and see who's going to emerge here throughout the long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yep. All right. Uh, I want to get into some of the rants and raves here. Um, And I want to focus on the game right away. We will get to game day operations stuff uh, in a little bit here because there is a lot to be said on game day operations. So uh, first, um, again, I, I have to start with the young safeties, that how mm-hmm. they played. Um, Tucker Large, Matt Durant, Kobe Huter, uh, Dante Johnson, who we're all excited about, uh, the Colorado State, former Colorado State commit um, that Jay Norvell dropped. Thanks for that, Jay. Uh, but the, those four at the back end of the defense, really excited about how they looked. They were flying around. You would not be able to tell that they were three redshirt freshmen and a freshman at that yeah. point. Yeah, and, and sprinkle into the mix Dayton McGoy, right, who uh, mm-hmm. had an electrifying pick uh, to really kind of turn the momentum and bring it back in the good guy's favor. And then you have him stepping up and, and making plays on run fits. You had the law firm running sideline to sideline. Of course, you got the gazelle, Bach. Uh, just mm-hmm. doing everything in the middle, wrecking people, 
um, almost hurt himself, I think, on on one third and short yardage play when he popped the quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I think again, I saw his soul leave his body when he hit the dude. But yeah. just love seeing <laughs> the defense fly around because obviously, right now, both sides of the ball still kind of trying to find their identity in big plays like that. The the McGoy pick, these young mm-hmm. safeties stepping up. We're really seeing a, a nice youth movement. Um, at least we did on Saturday. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny when I, when I visited with coach Rogers uh, in the preseason, uh, he mentioned Dayton. He said, I got to get this guy in the field. Like yeah. he's just so instinctual moves so well. He, you know, he shifted from safety to linebacker. Uh, and at that point he didn't know how he was going to get him on the field. Cause he didn't see Stalberg and, and uh, Francel going down. So yeah. uh, none of us did. Uh, and so Dayton was third on the depth chart, essentially, you know, at that, at that position behind those two. And really, gosh, he looked good last night. Yeah. If, if he makes a couple of the missed tackles that he, he missed on Gilliam, I mean, shoot, he was, he might've been player of the game for me in that regard. Oh, definitely. And then also it's Gilliam, right? We were talking about yeah. an all, yeah. all world player who will probably end up on an NFL roster, if not drafted, um, just because of what he brings to the table and how long he's done it. Um, and I think, you know, it's funny Dayton coming from safety to linebacker. There's Jimmy again, just sniping all the players that he wants to yep, have, yep. <laughs> have uh, on his depth chart. But no, it was great to just see again more young guys step up uh, when their number was called. Yeah, hey, and uh, we got to give UC Davis some credit though too. Um, their offensive line, while they didn't uh, allow uh, him to break 40 yards, sure gave their quarterback enough time on most passing plays. Uh, what they were doing to Sanders was just nasty, you know, double and triple teamed and saying someone else beat us. And unfortunately, last night, it was pretty rare for someone else on the defensive line to uh, win their one on one with how they were treating Sanders. It would have been nice to have Winkleman or someone else, uh, you know, be healthy. So, yeah. And schematically, I mean, they did a good job preparing uh, a game plan to nullify defensive rush. That's mm-hmm. really stout and mm-hmm. knowing what they wanted to do. Um, if you look at the stat sheet uh, in the box score, it was like an inverted um, opportunity for them. I think they had 11 first downs passing. We had mm-hmm. 11 rushing. So it just shows kind of the style of play. And um, I know we'll get into the style of play a little bit more, but matchups were kind of unfavorable at some certain spots. Um, for us globally, uh, specifically on the offensive line. Um, but defensively, yeah, their game plan, get the ball out quick, get it to guys in space. Really, we did benefit also from some drop balls and some penalties, but sometimes it's nice to be on that side of, of, the, of the margin as opposed to normally mm-hmm. it seems like we're always getting hit with the unlucky aspects of things, um, which we did have some unlucky plays that we, we were able to overcome late, uh, some tip passes that, that – got hauled in for touchdowns and mm-hmm. some other things. But yeah, at the end of the day, it, it uh, their game plan was, was a nice compliment to their style of play. We were just able to out execute on defense. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, you know, one of the raves on offense that I brought up um, was Kobe Christensen getting the nod at right tackle. I hadn't heard that Bo Donald got hurt. Had you heard that? No, no there was injured. Not I'm not sure if that was an Iowa game thing or if that, um, was during the week of practice. But for those of you that didn't follow or didn't know, uh, John O'Brien then, who had started at right tackle in Iowa, shifted inside to right guard. And Kobe Christensen, uh, redshirt freshman, uh, was was uh, stepped up and made his start. And, you know, he, he obviously got beat a couple plays. Uh, the one second half interception of Mark uh, when he got hit, 
uh, right as he threw was on Kobe. Um, but otherwise, man, I thought he looked pretty decent out there. Really didn't notice too much rush from that right side uh, throughout the game. So uh, we might have a, a diamond in the rough there and a young guy uh, who made the most, I think, of his opportunity. Yeah, you know, we'll see. And again, that's a different defensive front than we had seen, than we practice against and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And I think a lot of our leakage <clears throat> on Saturday came from the interior. Um, Gus was having a heck of a uh, time trying to block that nose tackle mm -hmm. who is 330 plus pounds and just, a, um, you know, a bulwark there in the middle. And I think, uh, you know, chipping him sometimes with Mason helped, but but really when you're trying to, um, when you're trying to get the ball out quick and not have any leakage just from that interior, when you dent the pocket, it's tough for Mark to really find, you know, open passing mm -hmm. lanes. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, early on in the game also, they had some batted balls that'll happen kind of with some of those three, four defenses, but we really need to get the hands down, get into the defensive line more and bring, bring the fight to them. I mean, I know we're pass setting, but just the, the offensive line looked more passive than it had in years past mm -hmm. um, it, from a pass pro standpoint. Sure. Hey, I'm glad you brought up Gus at center. Uh, this was one of my one of my rants. And so I'm, I never played college center. I mean, I, I don't mean to make that uh, analogy, but I was a high school center and we did spend a fair amount of time uh, playing shotgun or in shotgun. Um, and and once as a center, once those snaps start, you know, going high, low, it is all you think about at that time. You it's hard to you over focus on it like anything any small detail any small action like that um, you know the mechanics but you're just so dead set on getting it absolutely perfect that you either overcompensate or overcorrect and that's what we saw on Mark Mark's highlight touchdown pass to Tyler Feldkamp you know and plus with UC Davis lining up that that kind of monster nose nose tackle nose guard over him or shading him whatever it was all game um, that puts a ton of pressure on you as a center. So um, yeah. I, I hope Gus, you know, does spend some time with Chris this week. Um, clears the clears the brain, whatever you have to do with it, uh, and gets right because we're going to need him to execute those snaps at a at a higher efficiency, at a higher yeah. higher caliber than he did this week. That's for sure. I mean, one one in an Iowa game is understandable. Mm -hmm. Three or four in this game is too much. Yep. And then, I mean, clearly it was a matchup issue, but he's not going to be the only 300 plus pound nose tackle we face mm -hmm. uh, this year moving on. Um, I guarantee you uh, Missouri State's going to have uh, a similar makeup across the defensive interior. Um, you know, the list goes on. I did watch a little bit of Western Illinois against Minnesota. Uh, they have some stout boys in the middle. They run a 3-4. Mm -hmm. So it'll be really interesting to – to see how he can adapt and just find some consistency. That's that's right, Jim. If he can find some consistency um, in his snap first, even if he has to sacrifice, um, you know, a melee on on the nose tackle, like, uh, and he can just kind of play patty cake. That's fine. We got to get do first things first and get the ball to mark. Yeah. Hey, so Cal, we can we can get into this. I think that's fine. Um, on the on the offensive side of the ball. I wrote for, for a rant that I want to get the Yankees the ball and get them more involved earlier in the game. I, in my opinion, right now, they're our most electric players with the ball in their hands. Um, or the most the most chance to be a game breaker based on past performance. How, 
how would you go about doing that if you were coach Lujan or do we even need to do that? Does it just need to naturally happen? But can we well, run more it, tunnel screens I, or anything? like I, that I think, to him? I think it's not for lack of trying. If you look back at the film, he, he got the ball to Jaden early on a nice end around. Um, he, he, so he's trying to establish a rhythm and some confidence in them and just get them into the flow of the game. Um, you know, we had situational opportunities, but we have bad snaps or we have uh, leakage in the interior offensive line, or we have, you know, just guys not doing their 111th. Like there was one, I think it was the second drive of the game. Isaiah got tackled in the backfield for a loss. The the H back needs to chip. That's a position I played. Morgan needed to chip the DN to help Garrett Greenfield there a little bit. At first glance, it looked like he had his guy locked up, but then subsequently he runs he runs the alley Morgan does looking for, you know, head hunting, looking for next level defenders to take on. And that, that guy beats Greenfield um, and tackles Isaiah for a loss that disjointed mm. the drive. Cause when we're playing behind the chains um, you know, that shrinks the playbook for Luan and he's yep. trying uh, he's trying his best to sprinkle up different formations. Uh, I mean, he, there are plenty of trades shifts and motions. I'd like to see, uh, as the game went on, I think he could have chipped with Morgan more. Now, when you when you chip with an H back, you pull someone out of a route concept, um, but you do add an ex- an extra lay- layer of protection for your offensive line when they're struggling. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there there's a lot of things there. I personally would have just run the ball even more than we did all night last night, like even more than we did. Really? Um, no, absolutely. Because Amar, if you wa- if you go back and you watch it, Amar was getting out on mm-hmm. them because he showed a lot of patience to the hole and burst through the hole. And a lot of people looked at me sideways when I said Amar is a different back and possibly even has better potential than Isaiah because he's a different pace of back. He's more of an every down back, especially when you're comparing to FBS competition. I'm not saying Isaiah is not an FBS caliber back. He just brings a different skill set to the table. Um, mm-hmm. He clearly has all the all the capability in the world. He rushed for over 100. But Amar shows burst to and through the hole that is just kind of game changing. Like I, I'm, I'm waiting for him right now. He's just simmering, waiting to go off. Um, so, but, but yeah, I would have run the ball more, um, and then allow that would have allowed, I think, a young offensive line, particularly Gus, to kind of settle in more. Yep. I'm, I'm curious. I hope he's okay. He didn't play at all in the second half, and I saw him on the sidelines without his helmet. He wasn't going into the offensive team huddles when they were all together on the sideline. So you know, I wonder if you know. He didn't got a concussion or a yeah. head injury being evaluated for a head injury or whatever they're saying now. So yeah, tough um, to speculate, but that's a great point because Angel Johnson went in late in the game, had a nice little run himself, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just lacking that experience in those reps can lead to miscues, yep. which which came up, came back to bite us. Cause really that game ends probably 24-10. Yep. If we're able to sustain that drive late in the fourth, midway yep. through the fourth. But then, Matt, to your point, I mean, a couple things I just want to highlight. I uh, don't want to beat a dead horse here, but um, Christensen might have had the most uh, valuable play of the game on a false start because uh, there was a bad snap on a short-yarded situation that literally would have uh, would have changed the whole complexion of the game. Um, and I kind of joked with, with uh, I think, Zimmer or, uh, or Zach Borg, one of the two on, on Twitter. I was like, um, that is the most uh, valuable false start I've ever seen in my life but play <laughs> yeah. the game Good. Um, little things like that was was uh really biting us uh throughout the course of the game and then you know to your point about offense getting yankees uh involved that that really just threw mark's rhythm completely off you know he's getting sure. high snaps then he when, when the snaps yeah. are high he's not able to take his eyes to his reads 
yep. then throws the timing off just subtly enough to where moving forward, it's we got to get those corrected. Yep. Hey, I want to I want to go to Ryan's uh, or Randy Jacobs point here. Uh, thanks, Randy, for the comment. Uh, Gronowski just doesn't have time to throw the deep ball or check off to secondary receivers. I would say yes and no. I don't think this is an all the time thing. Uh, I, I think he's had chances um, and, and just for whatever reason, it hasn't been there. But I also do agree with your point on, on a number of the plays where he's looked a little bit um, skittish. It's because, yeah, he's had someone in his face. And it hasn't been from just one spot on the offensive line either. That's the problem. It's been from all five, I'd argue, um, at different points are getting beat. Um, so that's that is a little bit frustrating, in my opinion, because you know we have two All Americans on the left side that we're yeah. really counting on to kind of be rocks for us. So yeah, yeah, that's that's my take, Kyle. What do you think? Uh, I would I would agree with you. Um, I think a couple times he's got fairly routine throws that he's missing a little high or his feet aren't set. He's still got kind of happy feet or obviously the Iowa throw down the seam when the pocket was, I mean, he had all day to throw, but that was rare because he didn't always have all day to throw against Iowa. So again, it's just that consistency in that fluidity, getting into a rhythm offensively. I like when Mark starts the game a little bit with either a quick pass or he gets involved in the run game early. Cause I think it, integrates him into the game i'm a big proponent of that i said it with chris last year a bunch and i've said it um you know historically on the pod i think it just for a dual threat like mark which i think he is and i don't want to get into a habit of running them all day i just think it helps kind of have them settle into the game yep. um and then other than the quarterback sneaks were, were there any designed runs for him last night yeah there was on a third and eight and i was kind of oh, surprised yeah. but yep. at the same time Stig must have said, Hey, we're going to go for this anyway. I hope anyways, because if you run a quarterback power on, on third and eight, Oh, I don't love that play call, but um, you know, I think they were going forward on fourth. So, and subsequently then we had that false start botch snap situation. Yep. So, um, yep. but yeah, so I think like to that point, accuracy settling in and let's keep everything in context here. This is Mark's, what is it? 11th, 12th game. Yep. So 12th game yep. total, he's yep. literally technically only lost two games. I mean, yeah. if you count the national title, you had four plays. That's not that's not really fair. But as far as starts go, he's got three losses as far as the whole big picture. He's only got two losses in, in uh, 11 games of play, which is pretty um, pretty remarkable, personally. Yep. Or, or 12 and, games. Yep. And I said in our, in our group chat last night, um, you know, maybe personally for me, I had too high of expectations, not not factoring in the rust that that Mark may have, um, you know. And part of that is with with Coach Stig coming out and saying this is the most talented offense he's ever had, or the most playmaker he's ever had, and all this talk of like having to distribute the ball to so many great players. Um, I think for me, I heard all that, and I said we're going to pick up where where we were last year and be awesome, or in the spring and be awesome. Mark's not going to it's going to look the same and that's just not the case. And I think he talked about it in the press conference um, that losing Tucker who they had, who's a major chunk of the offense um, really has, has, has hurt. So I think for me, I have to reset my expectations at this point. Lujan doesn't suck. Mark doesn't suck. Uh, the offensive line is, is, is gelling still, but they don't suck. Like, and I've never said that, but you know, in my mind being frustrated with where we're at 
in the offense with the offense at this point in the season. Um, like, I, I just think I have to reset my expectations. I think others do out there as well. Yeah. I, so. I would just say you got to look at, and that's a good point. Look at matchups too, right? Mm-hmm. Iowa's defensive line is built more like our defensive line, mm-hmm. you know, uh, smaller, more agile leverage guys, former wrestlers, stuff like that. And you look at the D line we played this past week. I mean, there, you got a huge individual literally clogging up both a gaps, right? Very different. And you look at Gus Miller, he's undersized anyway, mm-hmm. right? And he did a heck of a job against Iowa, but again, matchups matter. And you look at matchups defensively for Mark to get back on track, throwing the ball. This wasn't the team necessarily to do that personally. Sure. Um, yep. You know, when you have, when you play with, you know, the Rover type back like Connors is um, and you've got, you know, a three, four front you're going against, what do you do to defeat a three, four front? Like I say constantly on here, you run right at it, just like we did in November, mm-hmm. you know, but um, so at the end of the day, I think moving forward, we're going to see matchups that are more, more favorable to Mark. We're going to see matchups that are more favorable to things Luan likes to do. Um, and then we're going to start to see guys get healthy. The best thing too, we're gonna we've already seen baptism through fire uh, for our offensive line, our young our young guys. So they're gonna settle in as well. They're gonna get some things situated, and, and they better because they're gonna look at this film. They're gonna be disappointed in themselves. Yep. Um, yep. And no, and nobody wants to win more than the players on the field. So uh, exactly. it'll be exciting. And our fan base, I think, hopefully, will keep that same perspective. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's get into game day operations. Then we'll do game balls. Yeah, let's do it that way. So game day operations, I, I'm so happy the students showed up. They were great. Anyone was at the stadium who was at the stadium though last night will tell you concessions was a joke, a disaster. Um, beer, beer sales were great. Like you could walk right up and get a beer. Um, no problem. People seem to be enjoying that. I didn't see any problems in the stadium. Uh, gentlemen that sat behind me and my family used the F word too much, in my opinion, for having as many kids as we're around, but I don't think that had anything to do with the alcohol. Uh, but come on, this is our fifth year in the stadium, sixth year. What is it? I forget. But whatever it is, our concession stands should be better at this point. They should be more prepared. Um, someone said they ran out of popcorn before halftime. Are you kidding me? Like last year, they had one of the concession stands closed on the east side, the southeast corner. This is a crowd that you knew was going to be over 15,000 people. What are we doing? Seriously. Like if, if we want people to come and to come back and to show up and to bring their friends and tell friends how much fun they had, we got to do this shit right. Like there's no excuse for a line that's 20 minutes long. So I don't know. Another thing on game day operations Tailgating wasn't ready. They had gates closed for some of the some of the lots. Uh, 10, 20 minutes after uh, tailgating was supposed to start. Um, that was ridiculous. And the third thing that I, you know, third thing for now, UPD was in the backyard really puffed up last night um, or yesterday. There's no reason for, for the presence that they had there yesterday. Um, what's... What, what, why? I don't understand. Um, the, 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 one of the tailgating spots, kitty corner from me is a student group that's over there. They were standing around a wooden spool, um, just drinking beer. They weren't blasting music. They weren't taking pulls out of a glass bottle. They weren't littering. 
They were literally just standing around a spool um, drinking like any, like any of us. UPD goes up, cards them, and starts handing out minors. Like, are you kidding me? Like, if we want to grow this fandom, if we want to um, inspire future these kids to attend future games as alumni like we do, then let's stop this stuff. Like, I, I can understand if things are getting out of control. But there was nothing about that situation out of control. They were causing a problem that wasn't there. So Chad saw it too. Um, Brennan was over. They saw it. It was just the stupidest thing. Um, It's predatory. I mean, I I wasn't there. I just, I think, you know, we can speculate all day, but I mean, it is a revenue generator for them to dole out tickets like that. That's that's just unfortunate situationally that they would do that. Again, you know, without any dramatic need for their their presence in that situation now I, I don't have a problem with the troops so to speak being mobilized for an event that you've never sold alcohol at yeah at sure. that scale yep. so i think like admin is is right to kind of have them on the ready but mm-hmm. at the same time again you know if you want to drive excitement and, and emotion and attendance you, you got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time mm-hmm. yeah um other thing uh, leaving the stadium was, was insane. So or leaving the, leaving the lots this year, they're funneling everyone to the South. So you can't just hop on, uh, the highway 14 bypass anymore and go East or West. You have to drive back into town. So every vehicle is driving South towards, uh, sixth street toward, or towards Walmart. You, you know, one of the, like one of those main thoroughfares. Is there a specific Why? reason you can't you can't exit on fourteen? Have I, that's that's the thing. There has I have experienced close calls pulling out onto fourteen before heading east, but I've never personally seen an actual accident. Neither have People I. People are usually pretty considerate about letting you cut in if yeah. needed. Again, I feel like we went uh, we went seeking a problem that didn't exist, and we created one. So I don't know. i think matt matt you know to to your point it's okay that you're upset that green bay lost i know it's been a long sunday for you Um, it's a horrible showing um you know but it's okay we can we can sidebar all these rants uh if you want to yeah so all right (laughs) you're loving i'm just getting caught up on these comments here so 20 additional law enforcement yesterday from brookings pd and brookings sheriff and Kyle, I agree with you. Having people in the stadium, that's fine. We didn't know how it was going to go. Yeah. But again, you don't need to go causing problems in the tailgating lot when there's nothing there. I, I mean, there were some parents that were given the, or, or some, I don't even know if they're parents. There were younger adults who were giving the <laughs> UPD officers some grief. And that was yeah. pretty funny. So, that's funny. I mean, the same thing happened to me. I think Chad, Brennan, and I were just talking after the, uh, the marker game last year and I had a koozie on a drink and it was after the game, but literally we're not, I'm 35. I'm not, you know, <laughs> getting any into any tussles or anything like that. And yeah. I had a, an officer come, you know, younger than me, tell me I needed to put it away, which I understand that's fine, but it's just this, this desire to control other people um, when nothing is, is happening is really kind of bizarre to me. Yep. Yep. Um, another thing people have brought up consistently, internet access or cell access to the stadium. 
you know, it, it's hard when there's that many people, but we're not the only stadium that has 15,000 people at one time. Well, Iowa didn't have any cell service yeah. either for a lot of people. So that, that, that's probably a global issue, Yeah, <laughs> but it's good to right. bring up because we could, we could put boosters or a tower, you know, potentially yep. for better yep. coverage. You know, um, simple one that I've brought up before to, to athletic staff is have the gate in the Northeast corner of the stadium open so you can just leave that way and head north instead of having to loop down. That is a simple fix. Yeah. Uh, Dion right here, the runout still needs a total revamp, totally flat and lacks center energy. We have to got to be better at creating a fever that juices up the crowd and the players. Students want to be more involved. And totally. Yeah, Dion, this is... I Matt, oh, hold on. Can yeah. we talk about that one a little bit, Matt? Because I, that's something I've sure ran out a bunch. Yeah. And what was your thought? Because they changed, they changed it to it being just the like a, a hype video and then they just kind of ran out which was an interesting change but yeah it definitely didn't didn't do it for me yeah the there's still something with the timing like it just i don't know what it is like we're if we're trying to do too much in that in a run out span like it just because the the pride was still there and they still played right yeah they did the pride played which again, I, I mean, that absolutely is a very important part of it. It just, mm -hmm. it all needs to be synced up a little bit better. And and like I said, I love the hype video. Uh, going back to the Iowa game, I loved, well, I didn't love their hype video. Their hype video was okay. Then they go to enter Sandman, you know, take it or leave it if you like that song. And then they, they cut straight to the band, which apparently their fans complain about too, because it just kind of lets the air out of the stadium. So Wait, yeah, was I don't know. Was theirs back in black? I thought. I thought it was, was back it? in black, and then no, they did back in black, and then didn't. No, they changed the Enter Sandman. I'm pretty sure it's back in oh, black. Oh, did they? Oh, wow. I thought theirs was cool. I mean, I don't. I'm not an Iowa fan by any stretch of the imagination. I just thought there, and you know, I think maybe you guys tell me if I'm wrong on this. Just the tradition of it. We don't have like an anchored in tradition of what historically our runout song has been. Um, and it's kind of changed through the years as kind of culture has changed what what people have a taste for. Right. We've seen hard rock, we, which I like. I've seen rap a little bit. It's just like I think we're still trying to find our identity as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I saw Kurt Lickis uh, take a jab on Twitter about they, they had this vote for like four songs. And they've been the, the, the four yeah. songs at rotation that have been through. It's like we can't we can't evolve a little bit. It's like yeah. we can't grow into understanding, you know, getting a pulse for what culture wants and integrating with with the ethos and kind of the the ethic of of Brookings itself. So um, I still hear Cotton Eye Joe, though. Maybe they want to run out to that song. That, that was played yesterday. It was played, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I This is something that we bad rant day? And rant I know I'm joining late on. here. I know I'm joining late here, Matt. You having a bad day? Are you okay? Well, it just like... The, some of this shit is so simple. Like, why can't we get it right? Like, it makes us look like dipsticks, not the top one of the top FCS programs in the country. So we have a 19,000-seat stadium that should be filled, and it's partially not filled because of shit like this. You know, all these little things that create either an unwelcoming experience or yep. create just unnecessary BS. So. Yep. Let, let's balance Sorry. this out a little bit. I saw yeah, uh, taking myself off for a second. Oh, you're good. Midco's uh, production was pretty good in terms of highlighting the energy in the stadium, Dallas. 
the the band was rocking and it just like seeing the evolution seeing the excitement obviously for alcohol sales um not only you know adults i'm sure that they they could uh go a three-hour game without drinking but obviously younger kids who are college drinking age they were able to enjoy an adult beverage and have a good time that was exciting and then to see you know just the new threads we haven't even talked about that we are moving in to yep. the new era, at least, you know, from, from a marketing standpoint, by throwing the scowling rabbit or the running rabbit, whatever they want to call it <laughs> on the, the lids. That, rabbit. That's funny. Right? The scowling rabbit. That looked awesome. Uh, you know, and, and kudos to JFPA again, Ryan McKnight, yeah. uh, Knudsen, all those guys uh, who really organized uh, the efforts through the championship drive. If you guys didn't check out Midco's piece on that, go check that out. It's it's There's been a lot of cool things on top of the frustrating operations that, that continue to persist. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. I mean, it, it's, you know, one thing you, you got to take it all with a grain of salt, but it's, it's okay to expect more, right? Like as long as we call it the positive, it's, it's okay to expect more out of, uh, especially honestly, you know, when, you know, we pour blood, sweat and tears and, and the amount of time that we do into stuff. Uh, so I, I don't think that's any, there's anything wrong with being critical, uh, when it's due now positives. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm, I'm I worked all day, so I'm I'm late to the game here. I don't know what all you talked about, but to me, positives from game game day experience. You had the well, one. I'm sure you talked about the student section. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, that just absolutely floored me. And it, you know, we've we've filled it up before, but I mean, it, that sucker was full ten minutes before kickoff. That was fantastic. If any students listen, damn it, great job. That was the be- That was the best we've had in the history of SDSU, and I'm not joking. That was so good. And you, know, you mentioned the band. The band was tuned up. Uh, you know, they they impacted the game. They impacted the environment. It felt like maybe uh, there were some first game uh, first game hiccups between the sound and the band on like who was playing when. Again, first home game. That stuff happens. Um, I don't know, uh, Matt. How are the lines for stuff down below? I I actually. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, covered that one. Did, did you cover it? Okay. <laughs> they were so awful. I'm, the concessions was awful. It was easier to get a beer than a bottle of water. So. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm gonna get you fired up. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna unhumble brag for a minute. I spent the entire game with the McCormicks in a suite. So I nice. wasn't with, I wasn't with the peasants. I was, I was up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey. So let's talk about those. Let's talk about the lids. How they look on TV, Kyle? Oh, excellent. I, I was a little frustrated because i figured we would throw blue jerseys on i don't know if stig knows that you can as the home team declare your color scheme that you're gonna rock um i do know uc davis rocks whites on the road like they did um but all the same uh keeping glass half full i did like the blues um they looked sharp it was it looked like a completely different program that kind of threw me for a loop um but the helmets first and foremost just sleek uh really like it they did an excellent job shout out to the equipment crew because i know they had to slap those on those lids all summer probably waiting for it and uh yeah it just looked amazing um you know historically we went with the scowling rabbit on one side with the numbers on the other um mm-hmm. so it was really interesting to see them on both sides um i kind of i love the way the ears go back uh yeah. toward the the end it, of the helmet and almost connect uh, that was cool that, that had an organ know, vibe to it yeah, it just added like speed stripe type feel, right? Nice. Um, which was cool. And and then also seeing last play again on the back yeah. as if to put the last play behind you. Love that. That's that's an awesome tradition. 
so again, just really cool stuff. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about the whole word jackrabbits on the Jersey. I go back and forth. Lauren probably laughs at me like I'm a schizophrenic, but I'm like, Oh, I love them. Uh, you know, I don't know how I like them. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that, Cal. That's a good take. Same. Would you prefer blue, blue, white or white, white, blue, white? I'd prefer all white and that's it. I, I wouldn't, I would, I would make the helmets special like the white helmet special and only really unveil them if you're going to go all white. Mm. Okay. That's just me though. So I, I'm just taking, see, I'd go, I, I'd, go ahead. Go ahead, Dallas. Go ahead. I was going to say, I dug the, the Gophers did the black, black, white. And I, I actually really liked that look. So that made me, Oh, that looks clean. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, so maybe blue, blue, white would give sort of the same effect. I'm not sure. Also mm. cool. Yeah. Blue, blue, white would. Um, yeah. Cause we've, I mean, we've gone, what, yeah, I, I would personally, if if we we're gonna do that, just go white jersey, blue pants, maybe. I'm, I may may have liked that better, um, but, but I don't as know. As long as the as long as the black jerseys have gone up in flames and are in the depths <laughs> of hell where they belong. <laughs> well, I mean, only if we don't have black pants. If we don't yeah. have black pants, I thought the blacks looked sharp with black pants years Sorry, ago. I, I uh, I'm only griping because of just we've had some bad games in those. Not not the look. Oh, true. This is this is factual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing though, uh, to that point is like, you have to, whatever color touches the other color, it stays the same. So if you're rocking a white lid, white Jersey, you can then go blue pants, but then you better have blue socks, blue cleats. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a little, just, you know, lesson one-on-one on how to style yourself. Um, yep. so having to wear suit and ties and stuff like that for work, you kind of learn real quick what goes well. Yeah. Hey, I, I really like this comment from Scott. And this is something that Ben uh, in our group, uh, Cap and Hard, has uh, Cap and Jacks now has brought up multiple times an advisory committee for game day production, all the way from tailgating to to leaving. I think the lots. I think a, a, an advisory committee of fans, just your your average Johnnies and Joes, uh, would really be pretty cool. I think that I think it's necessary and needed, um, just to yeah. keep improving the experience. So definitely because then, I mean, you look at the scale that, that the game day experience has gone up to over the past four or five years, starting probably with college game day, really up in the ante. And then, you know, throughout the unique circumstances of COVID people kind of reset. And then last year on into this year with all the hype and the momentum, we really got to get it ironed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I feel better. Thanks for listening everyone. I mean, there's, 40 to 60 of you in here now. And so thank you for, for listening to me rant. I feel better. So whew, um, let's give game balls. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll start on offense. Um, I did go with Isaiah Davis. I thought he was a steady hand. He didn't break anything. Um, but man, I thought he, he was just steady. You know, most of the time he fell forward. Um, it's just always amazing to me. He just, he rarely use, loses yards even when he gets hit in the backfield. And I just really appreciate that about him. Yeah, that's a good pick. You know, I could have gone with him on off, on offense as well. I decided to go with Mark because, yep. I mean, when you look at I, th I think I really reflected on that uh, touchdown pass he threw to Tyler Feldkamp. And watching that play, it's a terrible snap. We're in scoring position. He has to pick up the ball. Then not only does he pick it up, he secures it, escapes a tackle who's right bearing down on him. And then he gets enough juice on it to get it to Tyler for a touchdown to really kind of seal it with that one. 
So mm-hmm. it's like, man, that was a like, I think people kind of take stuff like that for granted. That's backyard stuff that ends up, you know, working out because he had the composure to be able to finish and make good what was really a bad start to that play. Yep. Yep. Good. Dallas, what do you got? Man, I'm in no way prepared for this. <laughs> I, like I walked in, I walked in the door and I'm like, oh man, I need to sit down and jump in. Um, did you guys <clears throat> go through, this is makes for a terrible podcast because I'm asking you to recap what you just talked about. Uh, did you go through anybody specifically in the old line? Cause I felt like there were some bright spots yeah. there that bounced, uh, bounced back for sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be biased cause I sat with the McCormick's. I thought Mason, uh, Mason had that bully streak back a couple of times. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, I'm sorry, I'm spaced on his name. The, uh, first start, um, yeah, Kobe right Christensen. Tackle. We talked about him. Kobe, yep. Kobe, Kobe Christensen. I tell you what, for what he got thrown into, uh, yeah. stepping in was very happy with him, uh, for the most part. So I, I want to pick somebody on the O line. I don't know that I have any particular. Again, I, I thought Mason played a good game. Cool. That's a good one. It's a good one to go yeah. with. Okay. All right. Defensively, either of you want to start defensively? See, I'm going to do that lazy thing that I did last week where I try to pick a position group. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, uh, I don't know that I can go first. I, I, uh, I haven't decided which one. I mean, to, again, going back to people getting thrown into a difficult situation, yeah. the safety group in general. Just yeah, that's guys, who I would. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know that I can pick one in particular. I'm, I was real happy with that. That was a positive for the future. Yeah, darn straight. Yeah, I would go Tucker Large probably for me just because, you know, flying way under the radar, you know, elevated into gameplay, really was popping people, was showing some energy, was really being a spark, you know, ran 106 yards for nothing, um, but he was not quitting. Huge effort play uh, all the way around. You know, you could get it, give it to Dayton McGoy. You could all, always give it to Bach just with his consistency um, yeah. and, and how many big plays he makes that are very – he makes look routine. Uh, the law firm. I mean, our defense really played um, pretty well uh, throughout the mm-hmm. entire night. Yeah, I went with Bach. Just that consistent level of play. I mean, he was he was pretty close to another pick six last night, guys. Oh yeah. And that we uh, ran in the receiver ran into him and wanted a penalty, but I mean, he was playing the ball the whole way. Bach was. So I don't know what that receiver was whining about, but anyways, yeah, Bach had taken that to the house. Um, Anyways, uh, yeah, special teams. I went with Tucker Large. Um, even though he didn't, <laughs> he, that, that didn't count. I mean, sure. shit, uh, I could have given him defensive too. So I just really wanted yeah. to give him a game ball. His effort, though, is just tremendous. Yep. Um, the coverage on punts, uh, I don't know if you guys are going to take them, but uh, we'll touch on that in a second if you don't. I, I don't remember who it was. I'm going to give it to whoever made the, that one tackle on the punt. Yeah, eight. I'm sorry. I, I, who was it? It was Aiden Dodderman. Yep. Or or Dallas Beanham. They both had awesome tackles on punts. Right. So it, right. it wasn't Beanham. So I'm thinking of the other one then. Yep. Dodderman. Yeah. It, so I love that as well. That was incredible. A lot, a lot of very, very good things on special teams this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had uh DePriest blocking that PAT, which was critical. Uh yep. turned out to be pretty much difference making play of the game. Um, so, you know, kudos to him cause he did not quit. And that's a really routine play, right? Point after attempt, uh, you know, not, not really threatening, but they're one score away. And then he makes it a two score game again. Um, and then you have, uh, 
on on the punt return unit. Shout out to Tyler Feldkamp for catching the ball and, and fair catching it and securing the punt uh, a couple times. And then you had uh, Landon Wolf uh, getting upfield and getting about an 11-yard gain on one, really establishing the offense with a little bit more breathing room. Um, and then, yeah, kicking game has been pretty good with Dustman nailing another one and, and really doing a good job on kickoff as well. So, I mean, his leg has got to be tired handling all those duties. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something we want to kind of keep an eye on as the season progresses. Yep, indeed. I agree. All right. Let's, if you would like to sponsor our game ball segment, we're open to sponsorship partnership. Let us know. Uh, we would love to talk to you. So just throwing that out there. All right. Let's talk about Butler. Huh? The Butler preview. So Butler's in the pioneer league. Uh, non-scholarship FCS schools. We've played Butler. We've played Drake a number of times back and forth. Um, usually in our in our in our non-conference portion of the schedule, it's a good tune-up. It's a good chance to get guys some rest, and it's a good chance to really see the younger players and get them some live game reps as well. Butler's two and zero on the season with two wins versus NAIA schools. Um. You know, they play a 4-3 defense. They have a dual-threat quarterback who's a, who's a bit of a problem. Uh, it looks like he can really sling the ball, and he's also their leading rusher. Uh, he is 5'9", 200. So some shades of uh, Nick Baker at SIU uh, with that size. Along the lines, to be expected, they're smaller than what we typically face. Um, offensive line, uh, where do I have this written down? Um, all they probably average about 290 pounds, I'd say, uh, in that six three range approximately. So, um, smaller, but not that small either. So, um, you know, it's, it should be interesting defensively. Again, they play that four three defense, they have a couple picks on the year, and um, defensive line is small, so there should be some opportunities to run the ball. Uh, we'll see on that. Any thoughts on playing, you know? these type of guys or these programs at this point in the season. My thoughts that, you know, we had had Iowa circled on the schedule since we, you know, long time ago. Then we got last week, which we know is a big game. And you look at who Butler's played and guess who they've had circled since last season. I'm going to assume this game coming in here, right? I mean, they're going to be up. They're going to be ready. We saw that at the FBS level uh, this last weekend, a couple of teams that, that I guarantee overlooked, overlook folks because of, you know, who they had the, the week before or the week after. So, uh, you know, one thing that strikes me as I was going through the roster is they have players from, I swear, every state in the union. I mean, they have people mm-hmm. from all over the country coming in. So they, I mean, they do a good job, you know, picking through and recruiting and picking up guys that maybe the other teams passed on. So you can't, you can't sleep on anybody. Yep. There's uh, a kid from Holy Cross that played us in the playoffs in the spring. It's there now. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, there's a, there's one of your uh, Purdue boilers at defensive end. He starts for him and uh, they also have a transfer, I believe wide receiver from uh, Harvard. So um, a guy that's played quite a bit or played quite a bit for, for Harvard. So, you know, interesting, interesting uh, roster construction for sure. I can't, I don't know. You know, a strong academic school like that. I don't know what it'd be like to to recruit for football. I don't. They're gonna they're gonna get guys who who still love to play because if you you know strong academic school, you know we're talking about atmosphere and trying to up our ante. Obviously, their basketball program has some hype. 
You want to mm-hmm. go to a school who's who's had a, a tradition of success, whether it be on the gridiron, the court, you know, you name it, the diamond. Um, so they're going to be uh, capable. We played mm-hmm. Butler before, um, so they're not going to be a team we can just you know expect to steamroll. Even though we have in the past, um, they're gonna they're gonna bring their A game, I'm sure. Um, and climate wise, it's very similar. You know, it's a Midwestern. Mm-hmm. It, it's from Indiana. Uh, coming to Brookings. So a lot of farmland, a lot of corn, a lot of soy, a lot of stuff like that. So they're not going to be um, shy of, of of the conditions. And then, uh, you know, I, I really think we need to establish some rhythm. So uh, mm-hmm. getting them off the field quickly on third down, establishing long sustained drives. I think another one of the biggest points in yesterday's game was a 14 play drive from UC Davis that didn't even net any points. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could have changed the complexion. So we want more of that on our offensive side of the ball. Um, it'll be interesting to see with Amar out who spells Isaiah. Um, you know, and if he is out, we're speculating on a concussion too. So Correct. We're speculating, yeah. but, I mean, he was doing really, really well, so we don't know. Um, we'd hate to have that that limit him and sideline him as he's just starting to build some momentum. Um, but Angel showed some promise too, and I'm sure ball security will be a point of emphasis for him, and he'll be all right. Um, if he needs to share some of that load, who's going to step up in the passing game? Are we going to find creative ways to get Jaden and Jackson the ball? Are we going to get it to them quick on the edge? Maybe some design runs to get their their hands going, get their feet wet. Who knows? How is Mark going to respond? How is Gus going to respond to uh, some yips at snap? So we'll see. It should be interesting. Kyle, I just was having going through that same thought process. I think that you are, where my typical response here would be. I actually would be fine with like a 35 to seven ball game, get everybody out at halftime and be done with it. But we've got some tuning to do still. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly if I would like to, you know, you just went through, you know, what are we going to do to get, you know, get, uh, you know, maybe get the Yankees the ball in some different ways. Maybe, <clears throat> you know, utilize Zach the way we've, we've worked with tight ends in the past a little bit more. Do we want to work on some of that stuff or do we just want to say, all right, guys, let's, let's get the young guys some, some reps in the second half move on and, and try to get healthy. It's going to be imperative. We, we get off the schneid and start to build some offensive momentum. Um, and, and the defense continues to clamp down and get young guys reps because we're going right into Missouri state at plaster field the following week cannot overlook this game. So we need to get tuned up in this game, take yes. this opponent seriously. So that way we, um, have the kind of momentum to, to kind of launch us into the Valley play. Yep. Yep. The, uh, so Darren is saying he thinks it's an ankle, thinks he saw Amar getting his ankle taped. Could have been, didn't see that. Um, Jim asked about thoughts about Bauer in the passing game. Um, no idea on that. Yeah. We don't really have enough of a passing game developed yet to kind of get, get into the, the deeper um, roster that we have. I think he's a contributor and I think he's shown he can step up. Did it at Colorado State last year. Did it against Western Illinois last year. Um, has made good plays on the edge blocking, so he's not afraid to contribute. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, Randy, you mentioned, you know, I, I noticed as well, Wolf wasn't back returning punts. It looks like yeah. Wolf was on the sideline without his helmet late in the game too. Uh, one of The one reception he had, he was just tackled kind of funny, and so I do wonder if something happened on that play. Again, speculating. We know he's being dinged up this fall, coming back from an injury. Um, so – it did look like now that you mentioned that there was a funny tackle on his one reception. So we'll all, yep. have, to, we'll all have to wait for Stig to not directly tell us on his radio show. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, Bo Donald, we're thinking about. We don't know what's going on there. Tucker, uh, yesterday, I heard everything from two weeks to eight weeks. Um, the one consistent thing is that it sounds like he is having surgery at this point. Um, and so not sure what that is. That's been the consistent and everything that I've heard. Um, and, it's, and it's really funny because we had a comment even earlier in the show. Someone saying, I talked to his family. That's what everyone said. I talked to his family. So, <laughs> so we'll see what, what it is. But it did not sound good in the post game from either Coach Stig or Mark when they were asked about getting Tucker back. Uh, Zimmer, you know, tweeted out too. They didn't give a timeline, but it doesn't sound like it'll be anytime soon. So that's unfortunate. To add to the pointless, to to the pointless speculation, I twice, from what I would think were credible sources, heard six to eight surgery Monday. Yep. Which I yep. think matches what you thought, Matt. Yep. Yep. Uh, defensively, we should get back um, Kale Reader this week. We don't really know why he didn't play in the second half. Maybe because the second, the young guys were playing so well. Um, Chase Norblade kind of sounded like from the beginning he was going to miss this week. Um, don't really know if we get him some reps versus Butler to get, you know, some some live action again. What was his uh, an injury? Was it disciplinary? His injury. Yep, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Was it a fall camp situation? Yep. Or? Yep. Yeah. yep. It was late in fall camp, in the sounds of it. So, so that was that. And then, uh, don't really know about Winkleman, uh, how his x ray went last week. Allison, if you're on, you know, let us know. Uh, thanks for the heads up last week on that. And then, you know, Graham Spalding was pretty banged up, playing with one arm essentially. Yeah. It looked like. So, hopefully, he's okay. I don't know. I, yeah, we're running out of time. We wanted to go on a whole other spiel about injuries, but not going to have time for it tonight, and that's okay. So if we're looking in our crystal ball, next week who are we going to say are the players of the week? What are we thinking? Man, we've, we've just not been able to establish any kind of rhythm on offense, so I, I have no idea. I could go with the safe bet. I'm going to go with Isaiah just because I know at some point he's going to have at least five touches, you'd think. So um, I think he can maximize the the value of those. And then defensively, um, I'll go with I'll go with the law firm. I think he'll step up. Okay. I'm going with I'm going with Mark. We're gonna flip. I, I picked Isaiah this week. I'm, I'm going with Mark. I think we finally connect on a shot play. Um, you know, Zimmer had kind of a fun fact. Our longest play from the season is. Um, yeah, it's, it's 20 yards. So, oh, breaking news, breaking news, Allison. Thank you so much for another update. Uh, X-ray was good, torn labrum, but doing treatments and building strength back up. So hopefully back at Missouri State. Excellent. Nice. Thanks, Allison. We are looking forward to having the best athlete from Marshall, Minnesota, uh, back <laughs> and in live action. So As evidenced by today. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite defensive player for the Jacks is going to be back. That's awesome. Uh, awesome. That's good news. Thanks, Allison. Um, the, the, uh, yeah. So for me, so for me there, yes, Mark, we're going to connect on a deep ball. Dallas, you want anyone, you got anyone in mind? I'm going to go, I'm going to go opposite of Isaiah. I'm going to say angel coming back, uh, assuming that he's, you know, he's stepping in and relieving Isaiah, uh, you know, big, you know, get, get him some reps, get him, uh, get him some confidence. I don't think I said it on the pod last week, but seeing him close up, I mean, he's not, his frame's not big, but that kid is jacked. Good. <laughs> he's enormous. 
I saw we were in the front row for the Iowa game. The kid is huge. He's got some guns. Uh, so yeah, I want to see him. Yeah, I want to see him step in, uh, get it done. And I'm sorry, defense. I haven't put any thought to. I I'm gonna think for a minute on a D lineman. That I I always got to pick a D lineman. Sure. Hey, and I want to just emphasize one thing real quick, if I can. I want to challenge the offensive line because they—that was one of the worst, I think, top-to-bottom performances uh, of continuity. Um, we had some guys, you know, bright spots. McCormick was bullying people, but you know, that's kind of what it should be at this point in his career. Um, and I know, I'm sure he thinks that he can play better, and he will. Um, but we gotta clean that up because a lot of these questions the fan base has, well, what, what is Luan doing here to get these guys the ball is a huge function of, of poor offensive line play to be, be quite mm-hmm. blunt. So I know they can do it. I hope they do do it. Um, I would like to see that happen this Saturday. Yeah, there we go. Uh, defensively uh, I'm going with uh, Kobe Huter sensing this pick six, pick six. This he's week been playing really Huter. well. I think he's been yeah. a big bright spot also. Yeah. Kid from Texas. Him. Yep. What would you expect? Yep. All right. Predictions. Uh, I'm predicting the Jackrabbits uh, win uh, 42 to 13. Boy, you guys just get so excited with these offensive points. I don't know where they're coming from. I'm going to go 31. <laughs> I, I hope I hope we blow it off. I hope I'm wrong on this, but I think 31 is a, is a good mark for us. 31 to 7. Uh, good guys. All right. I'm going to go 35-7. I think we can get a defensive score in there somewhere, too. All right. Cool. You know, I, I set myself up to be disappointed, don't I? Because I just said earlier I ranted that I my expectations for the offense were too high entering the season. <laughs> threw it up. I know. That's why I, if anybody wants to know my logic here, that's why my my scoring estimates are always, like, lower than I than I want them to be. Yeah. Hey, you almost nailed last week's score on your revised uh, prediction. Yeah. With, 28 with the, 17. I thought it yeah. I, I thought we would be there. And my score for the the uh the Hawkeyes game was was way overzealous. So you know I had to bring it back in. And I was closer on that. I expected it and whatever. So all right. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for a fun show. Uh all of you listening, thank you again for, for your support. Um, we're gonna be doing another order of flags. We've had a lot of people asking for flags. Uh, we'll get an order form together for that. And uh, you know, just Thank you so much again for your support, for the likes, the subscribes, the follows, all of that. Um, Dallas, Kyle, anything else to add? Yeah, I'll, I'll show you some of those uh, those uh, PNG files for the the blue and yellow checkered behind the, the JI. Ooh. I think those would look really good on the flag. Okay. Um, I do like the all black, but someone made a comment. It kind of can look like... Uh, can look like what is it isis a little yeah, bit someone not- told us we look like isis <laughs> whatever definitely not in brooking south dakota <laughs> but you know um but yeah we're really excited to get those flags back out that'll be exciting um and then uh yeah i don't really have anything else appreciate you guys listening to us again um for those of you who weren't on last week thanks for all the nice comments at the, the hawkeye tailgate looking forward to getting up to brookings for uh for a real tailgate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dallas anything all right. Here, take, take, just take positives away from that game. There was, there was everybody had their frustrations here and there, but hey, there's a lot to feel good about this year yet. I'm glad you're here, Dallas. A lot of season. All right. A lot of season, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. With that, go big, go blue, go, go Jacks. Jacks. Go Jacks, buddy.
We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We would also like to thank our title sponsors, Drake's Place of Bottle and Cottonwood Coffee and Bistro of Brookings. We would also like to thank our Silver Level sponsor, Shenanigans Sports Bar and Grill in Sioux Falls. And as always, Go Jacks! <laughs>